1: Getting no love from me Hanging on the passenger side Those best friends ride Try to holler at me Hey, hey, hey! No I want y'all to holler at me! Give me a buzz here. 888-344-1170 If you watched any of the amazing marches that happened in DC this weekend. We had Friday, we had the March for Life. Saturday, we had the March Against Mandates. That actually continued into Sunday. There was the second opinion summit that happened. There was a whole lot of fight for freedom going on in DC, and it just made me just feel so good to watch it. I wish I could have been there. I actually knew some people there. I actually knew more than a few people that went there in spite of the fact they couldn't even go into a restaurant and get a meal and use the and use the bathroom because They literally were in defiance of mandates and refused to get the shot. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. We've got two great guests for you guys tonight to talk about the top issues of the day, one of which is the push against the mandates and the reality of the false narrative crashing down around Fauci and the left. And then we've also got what looks like we it looks like we may be heading to war with against Russia on behalf of Ukraine, at least it's looking that way. So we've got uh, our two great guests we've got for you to you tonight is Dr. Sa- doctor Sayed Haider. I don't know for some reason why I have trouble saying his name. This is the doctor I had on a few weeks ago, and I've got more emails about him, I think, than any other guest I've ever had. And he's going to be here to talk about what he has done on behalf of freedoms for patients to be able to have access to therapeutics and then we've got first time on the Android K show, we've got Lieutenant Steve Rogers, who's a longtime former military guy who was an advisor on Trump's 16 and 20 campaign, uh, former military FBI, law enforcement guy. I, I, he actually had a presence in the Reagan administration. And he's going to be here to talk and give his wisdom from a military as well as a, a foreign policy standpoint on what's going on with Ukraine. And then, of course, we got... <laughs> Biden thinking he's cute at the microphones, calling uh, uh Peter Ducey from Fox News a nasty name. So yeah, we got a Yes, hey what? He thought he was being cute and clever. We're gonna talk about that later. Uh before I go any further, let me bring in my brother. It's DJ Taterskins.
0: And the message said, DJ Potato Skins, DJ Potato
2: Skins. That's exactly what the message said. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to actually, fortunately,
3: I'm not going to say what Biden tried to say today.
1: Yeah, well, we're we're going to play that clip a little bit later. But um, did you get a chance to watch any of the any of the marches, particularly the march against the
3: mandates over the weekend? I didn't get to watch them, but I heard how successful they were.
1: Absolutely successful. And one of the clips that's gotten the most response in terms of hysteria on the part of the left is one from a Kennedy, believe it or not. I thought, uh, I thought of the Democrats. I thought it was like against the law to be a Democrat and not like a Kennedy, right? It's like to criticize a Kennedy. Are you kidding me? You know, how how does that, how does that even work? Right? I mean, aren't they, they're they're like the Royal family of the Democrat party, right? What what happened to love a Camelot, right? Well, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who has long been an anti-vaccine guy, Um, actually had some comments to say about the purpose behind these shots and and the mandates, and we're going to play this clip for you guys, and you tell me if you think he went too far.
4: What we're seeing today what we're seeing today is what I call turnkey totalitarianism. They are putting in place all of these technical technological mechanisms for control uh, we've never seen before it's been the ambition of every totalitarian state from the beginning of mankind to control every aspect of behavior of conduct of thought and to obliterate dissent none of them have been able to do it they didn't have the technological capacity even in Hitler's germany you could You could cross the Alps into Switzerland. You can hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. I visited in 1962 East Germany with my father and met people who had climbed the wall and escaped. So it was possible. Many died chewing it, but it was possible. Um,
1: first of all, I want to say that I'm not I'm not familiar with the uh, malady that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has. that affects his speech. His speech. It's one of the reasons why he doesn't do as much media anymore. Um, but hat tip to him that um, he's put his family's name and his reputation on the absolutely. line and willing to speak um, in, in, in spite of how much of a struggle it is for him. Um, I've no I've never been a fan uh, of the Kennedys. I've never liked their politics. Um, but I, this man is absolutely on point, and that's why why they're all going after him so hard today, because in that one paragraph is everything, everything that this has been about from the beginning. And this is what I have been saying for two years now. And I had people coming for me because I said from the beginning that it didn't make sense to do any of these lockdowns, that none of this made sense. I said from the beginning, the models were crap. I said from the beginning that this was an exploitation of a virus for power, for totalitarianism. And he's absolutely correct. I've been saying for years, as well as other people have, that liberalism is where liberty goes to die, that ultimately the Democrat Party, everything that they're about is about control. Right. And and he listed out so perfectly what it's about um uh, turnkey totalitarianism control of behavior conduct thought and to obliterate dissent and there's even too many conservatives that bought on to this and and actually has have have been okay with the control of every one of these aspects because health where in the u.s constitution does it say that you have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, unless you might have a virus that somebody's going to catch. And what he's talking about, what he went on to talk about in terms of turnkey, and what is what his reference was how dare you? Even the Holocaust, I think it was the Simon Wiesenthal Center tweeted out completely um, shockingly. Not seeing the parallels of what he was talking about there. Did I not talk recently, Skins, about a documentary I saw in the Holocaust about Hungary in the last final days, the end days, the end times of the Holocaust, and how these Hungary, Hungarian survivors of the Holocaust said that the parallels they saw then are, are, are kind of what's happening today, not in COVID, because the documentary was shot before then, but they were talking about how, how, but little by little freedoms were taken away and they didn't really see the end game happening, right? That's exactly what's going on here. And he's right. Because in, in terms of you could, if you, if you thought well enough in advance, you could make a plan to escape, right? Some of the Hungarian Jews did. The others that trusted the Germans and believed the lies and sat back, you know, didn't. Right? The turnkey part that he's talking about, and it's never been easier for them, is the technology, And this is something that we've been talking about for a long time on the show as well. Technocracy. The technocracy. That's what these, that's what these vaccine, they had to have the shots, right? They had to have the ability to take take control of our lives, get us shut down, take control over over, uh, industry by having the ability to put us all on a dimmer Newsom was the only one who said it, but but the, the putting uh, the, the United States of America and our jobs, our industries, our homes, our lives on a dimmer switch where they could flick it up and down at will to decide our movements, the ability to control businesses, to turn them off and on, decide when you could operate, and when you couldn't, and how many people you could have in your business, right? Which industries could open, right? Having us all on a dimmer switch, complete control, pave the way then to be able to have these shots. And then through the shots they're able to then get us all well we got to have a way to check right that you're that everybody's conforming so that paves way for the passport right so then through the passport is that not how they're going to get the mark of the beast over on us right and that ties into also ties into the social credit score. He's talking about the ability to obliterate dissent. They've actually got, you know, um, people screaming at each other. There's some meme going around today and some video of some woman in D.C. Screaming her head off at a woman, I think, because she had a Trump shirt on. and didn't have a mask on. The complete cancel. We already were to cancel culture. Right. And then you add this in. And he's absolutely right. This is turnkey totalitarianism and And, as the narrative is collapsing as they 're forced to admit now that these shots that they told us would prevent you from getting it or giving it at, at a ninety three percent now don 't stop you from getting it and giving it and in fact you 're actually it actually makes things worse for you if you get omicron right they 're having to admit that seventy five percent of people who die have at least four comorbidities as they 're having to admit that as they 're having to deny. Uh, you know, uh, they can't deny anymore the truth. All they can do is deny you therapeutics and try to force you to get a substance injected in your arm to force you into submission. Before before, uh, you know, um, the the final curtain comes down on their evil agenda. Right. It, we've got in California today, a lawmaker introduced uh, um, a bill. Uh, that's even worse than New mandate for children. At least New when he did a mandate for school children, said that there could be um, only after the FDA fully approves the shot for five to 11 year olds in 12 to 16 and that it would allow for a personal belief ex- exemption um, because they can't out, out race the truth. They've got to they've got to get everybody jabbed before they before the, the final the narrative has finally collapsed. This guy has introduced a bill. Uh, Richard Pan, that would add COVID-19 vax to the mandatory list of shots that kids have to take. Kids don't get it, and they don't give it in terms of COVID-19. And as Dr. Malone said, he's the one that that created the technology for mRNA. He said that this is a human. Injecting children with these shots is a humanitarian crisis in the making. And he said, if there is risk, this was what he said at at the March Against the Mandates. If there is risk, there must be choice. And the very fact that they're trying to deny the choice of parents, trying to deny and get these kids injected with a substance that they have a far greater risk of dying from the shots than ever from COVID shows you the evil that we have in this country is as great as what was happening with Joseph Mengele during the Holocaust times. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was absolutely correct to talk about this, describe this as turnkey totalitarianism and say in some ways it's worse than what happened because we will not be able to escape it. What's happening here in this country? We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to bring in Dr. Uh, Syed Haider, who's going to be here from my go to doc to share what he's done in order to provide treatments for patients out there across the country.
0: No. 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 Andrea Kay Show, strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay, on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Before the break, we were talking about the March Against the Mandates, the Second Opinion Summit that went on in D.C. that included doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Pierre Corey, Doctor Malone was there. So many doctors. Do, uh, Congressman uh, Ron Johnson actually held the second opinion summit. What I thought was so brilliant about using that terminology don't we I, don't we all know as Americans have we not all been raised to think that if you got some bad diagnosis right that you might want to get a second opinion because doctors can be wrong because science is not absolute right. We're encouraged as at least before COVID to ask questions right and, and seek. A difference of opinion. And there was a lot of minds that were blown uh, across the country with all this as though this was the first time that they heard some facts uh, that are are, are about the truth about what's going on uh, with COVID. And I, I reached out to Dr. Sayed Haider, I, I hoping I'm, I'm pronouncing his, his name correctly. He's been the guest I've gotten the most emails on. I don't think he was in attendance of the uh, Second Opinion Summit, but clearly he's one of the doctors that has been raising the alarm and trying to help patients uh, get the therapeutics that they need. And he joins me now. Hi, Dr. Haider. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show.
3: Hey, Andrea. It's great to be here with you. Thanks for having me back.
1: Thank you. Thank um, you. You know, they're, they're having to admit a lot of things right now. The CDC is the NIH and uh, the um, NIAID, whatever all these different you know health people are. They're having to admit, for example, that the shots don't stop you from getting it or giving it. They're having to admit that uh, natural immunity is better than the shots. Uh, Walensky, yeah, Walensky had to admit that 75% of people who are dying, even with the shots, have at least four comorbidities, right? They can't deny these facts anymore, yet they're still denying life-saving treatments we are hearing story after story like there was a there was a patient who was ba- that would they were pr- practically planning to execute in minneapolis they denied him nutrition uh denied him therapeutics i'm hearing story after story with hospitals across the country we still have treatments that are available to save lives and americans are still being killed aren't they doctor
3: Absolutely. I mean, the most, you know, I watched some of that hearing and the most heartbreaking parts are when you can see some of the doctors like Pierre McCullough, Dr. Paul Merrick. I mean, they're almost brought to tears, you know, talking about what they're seeing with their patients. You know, Dr. Merrick, was basically, his career was basically ended after 35 years working in the ICU by his hospital. Um, you know, basically one day they just sent out a letter to everyone saying you cannot use any of these drugs for COVID-19 anymore. So when he went into his ICU that day, he had a, you know a handful of patients and he his hands were literally tied. He he had nothing that he could give them um, to save their lives. And and one of them was a young you know a 35 year old lady. Um, I mean he was in this hearing. I mean you could see he was almost brought to tears. And the same with Dr. Peter McCullough. He's talking about you know myocarditis and you know a child that died. Um, and you know it's just so outrageous what doctors are are having to fight against and. When they do stand up and, you know, have that, you know, make a heroic, you know, attempt to help their patients, they're losing their license or they're losing their ability to work in the hospital, they're being kicked out. Um, And, you know, what are we left with? We're left with a country full of scared physicians um, who aren't speaking up. They're either, um, they're either brainwashed or they're afraid of speaking up and talking about and speaking about the truth. Um, And fighting back. Um, So it's really, you know, there's a few people who are standing up and speaking the truth and are trying to fight back. And they're being, you know, they're being sniped out. Um, They're being um, taken down one by one. And it's really it's really a terrible thing that we're seeing. Um, I think we're
1: seeing excuse me for interrupting what we're seeing. I think Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is right that this is turnkey totalitarianism, that this isn't about health. This is about control over our our behaviors, our conduct, our thoughts. This is about uh, stopping dissent. Um, whether, you know, there's other elements as well. I mean, there's, there's the money element, people that's got it at investment. We're still, you know, open the books.com is still trying to get the truth about Fauci's finances and where his money ties are. Um, We know it's a, it's certainly a lot of money for the Pfizer crowd who, and all the, the elected officials who, for whom Pfizer is their number one, um, uh, you know, donators uh, or however, however it's put Mm -hmm. uh, to their campaigns and when it's easier when it is easier to get fentanyl in this country than it is ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, that should tell you everything, shouldn't it, doctor?
3: Absolutely. I mean, we're um, you know we're criminalizing you know just uh, physicians, you know, just being physicians. It's become like a criminal act to prescribe something off label just for COVID nineteen. I mean, nothing else is you know criminalized like that. I can prescribe off label for scabies. You know, ivermectin is actually off-label for scabies. That's the one thing we use it for the most in this country, and it's literally off-label for that, and, and no one thinks twice about that. And, you know, there's so many things. there. Aspirin is used off-label for, like, you know, half a dozen conditions. You know, and no one thinks twice about it. Um, you know, if Paul Merrick, like they were saying in the, in the Senate hearing, if he was treating um, with vitamin C, he's been treating off-label with vitamin C for sepsis and for pneumonia for decades.
2: Mm-hmm. No one
3: cares. No one cares you know? right. when he tries to give vitamin C for covid, you know, all of a sudden it's a big deal and he has to be kicked out of the hospital you know, sent to a kangaroo court and, um, you know, vilified. And, you know, his career has to be ended. Why is that? And you're right. Um, this is like we're living in some kind of communist country or, uh, you know, Nazi Germany or something. I mean, something's happened to America. It's not the America that we grew up with. It's not the America I was born in. Um, th- this is I don't recognize it anymore. I don't know what's happened to us.
1: Well, I think uh, there has been a slow creep of a submission and a de- and sucking up that people just accepting uh, the loss of our freedoms along the way. The Patriot Act did a lot uh, to to deny our freedoms mm-hmm. <clears throat> with treating 90 year old little old ladies from Iowa you know, the same as they would, you know, somebody flying here from, you know, Yemen. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's like insane. Yeah. There were Congress people that had to take their shoes off and, you know, like Mm -hmm. treated like they were potential terrorists. So it's been it's been a long progression to change the psyche of the American people to be willing to submit. And and the timing was perfect. We had already gone a long way of giving up our freedoms and just begin accepting it. We had already gone a long way down the path of of just accepting as conservatives, of of having our voices be canceled um, on social media or, Mm -hmm. you know, teachers accepting that they can't wear a cross in a school or Christmas on a calendar, Mm -hmm. you know, just it's been, it's been a slow key creep of the cultural Marxist movement to destroy the fabric of a nation. And then you add in the panic that, that was pushed into the psyches of American people all day, every day, that this, this was such a, a contagious, dead, at the same time, deadly disease that if you walked out of your house and came within 10 feet of somebody who had it, you were going to drop dead. I mean, they actually believed all these images coming out of China to where people were just falling flat out on their face. One minute they're standing upright and the next day they're falling on their face. So right now, Let's get into some of the some of the treatments, because you're one of the people that actually has able to help people around the country, because it's one thing to find a doctor who's going to prescribe it. It's another thing to find somebody that's going to fill it and you help people on on both ends right now um, with Omicron being less deadly um, more contagious, but less deadly. Has that changed the the way that you're doing either prophylactic treatments or treating people once they get it?
3: So I think people have to realize that, um, you know, in terms of hospitalization and death, certainly it's not as bad, but we still don't know whether long COVID, whether that's going to be a big issue the way it was with earlier variants, you know, so mm-hmm. long COVID could still be a really big problem. So even people who are low risk, they need to be concerned about possibly ending up with long COVID. So you need to still take it seriously. And, and it's still, it's a really bad clue. I mean, it's it's not pretty and it's not fun. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I just got it. My family got it. I mean, we were in like really bad pain. I mean, body pain, like all over, terrible pain uh, for a few days. I mean, it is not a walk in the park. Right. It's not, it's not, it's not like a cold. Okay? Right. It's not like a common cold. It's, it's a pretty bad flu still. Um, and, and, you know, you just don't want to let that into your body if you can avoid it. If it gets in, you want to treat it immediately and throw everything at it. And there's some really simple over the counter things. Um, I have a free ebook on my website. It's Com. You can get a free ebook. And, and even if you just do the over the counter stuff, it's extremely effective. I mean, one of the most powerful, power, powerful things I've seen is hydrogen peroxide mouthwash and nose rinse. Um, it's a 1%, you know, usually you get 2% hydrogen peroxide at the pharmacy. You can dilute it one-to-one with water and just gargle, rinse out your mouth every four hours. Um, as soon as you think you've been exposed and and do that for a few days, um, it makes a tremendous difference. And that's such a simple thing that everyone can do. I mean, the directions are actually on the hydrogen peroxide bottle. Um, and, and then you rinse out your nose with it. Also, um, you can do that with diluted, uh, iodine as well. Um, And then if you just use vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, and quercetin, you know, if you can get your hands on quercetin, um, those four things incredibly effective against COVID. And then, you know, if you want to be even more, you know, well taken care of, and I think people should take it seriously and treat it, especially with ivermectin from day one, I have to really stress this, you know, you need to get the medication, put it in your medicine cabinet and be ready to go and know exactly what you're going to do. Because I've had patients come to me. And and they get all the prescriptions and everything. And I send them all the directions and then they get sick and then they come back and they're sending me messages like, what should I do, doc? What should I do? And I'm like, I told you what to do. Right, you right. don't need to ask again. You, you really need to know because when, when it really gets going the way it's going right now, I mean, there's just not enough time in the day for me to answer everyone's questions right away. You know, if you get sick, you got to know what to do. And, and that's why I send everyone the directions. I send them a PDF with all the directions in it. Um, you know, if you have questions, keep asking them until they're all answered and then print out the directions. Be ready to go and know exactly what you're going to do on day one. And don't wait until you get tested. Just treat it. Just take it seriously and treat it. I, I can't stress it enough. Right. It's not worth it ending up with long COVID. I mean, it can be debilitating. It can be life-changing. And it can happen to... Almost anyone. I mean, if you're over twenty-five, thirty, um, you need to take it very seriously.
1: Absolutely, and I think the window for the for the high um, the highest risk group is seventy-two hours. Um, Once you get past that window, it can really be, it it can just really put you on a really bad trajectory. And the protocols in the hospitals are, you know, you want, and and I actually tell people if you, if you, first of all, I recommend people follow your advice. And if they don't, and they find themselves with it, they need to reconsider going to a hospital. I don't know how you feel about that. I I follow Dr. Peter McCullough is also a part of uh, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, AAPS, and they've got a, uh, they've got a lot of information information there to help you before, if you're going to go to a hospital before you go, power of attorney, um, directives, uh, for them to not give you remdesivir as well as putting you on a ventilator. So, um,
3: I think people need to, uh, you have to be so careful in a hospital. I mean, this was the other heartbreaking thing, seeing Dr. Paul Merrick, you know, who's spent 35 years in hospitals saying that hospitals are no longer safe places for sick people to be. Okay. I mean, what a what a crazy thing to hear from a hospital ICU doctor, and I feel the same way. I think a lot of us feel the same way. I mean, a lot of my patients tell me, "I would, I'm not going to be caught dead in a hospital, and I don't care if I die at home. I'd rather, I just know I'm not going to get treated in a hospital, you know, or mm-hmm. you know, you, you get, you get worse than you know, you know, worse than <laughs> like hopeless treatment. It's uh, in some cases it can be harmful what they're doing to you." And and you can end up having a hard time leaving, right? Yeah. I mean if you end up on a ventilator or something, I mean it's it's you can't walk out, right? Right.
1: So, right. Well, I want everybody to go to mygotodoc.com dot uh, com. Doctor Heider's number is two eight one two one nine seven three six seven. That's two eight one two one nine seven three six seven. I always get emails. Uh, I've gotten many emails uh, about you since you've been on, and I've been meaning to get you back on. Thank you for, for being willing to do this for, for people, to recognize these treatments are important to, and to provide this service uh, to Americans. And I just appreciate you, and I thank you for being here tonight. And by the way, I'm going to be contacting you to get my supply. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, here's a question okay. i got for you real quick before you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to somebody who's in a high-risk group. And who actually got not from you? Actually, got in another part of the country, uh, the whole package of mm-hmm. uh, of medications. And I suggested, how about taking it preventively? And she's like, well, I don't want to blow through my supply. Shouldn't I wait till I get it, then take it?
3: So it really depends, you know. It depends on how high risk you are. If you're really high risk, then just it's just the ivermectin that you need to take preventatively. Okay. I would always keep an I would always keep at least five days supply of ivermectin on hand. So once you once my patients get down to like five days left, or even before that, I tell them just request a refill. Okay. So that you always have at least five days ready to go, five days in a row of ivermectin. But the, all the rest you can keep on hand. You don't have to use anything else for prevention except the ivermectin. Gotcha.
1: Well, Dr. Heider, thank you so much for being here. Again, his number is 281-219-7367, or it's mygotodoc.com. Thank you for being here, my go-to doc. Thanks. All right, stay tuned. We've got Lieutenant Steve Rogers, who's going to be here to share with us his military and his foreign policy expertise and his wisdom on what we should be doing with Ukraine.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show. Spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on ourfreenation.org. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. So, okay, so last week everybody was aghast that uh, during uh, Joe Biden's first – I think it was his first uh, press conference uh, uh, in nine or ten months uh, to mark the the first anniversary of his administration, he not only had some you know just embarrassing gaffes, but there was a gaffe that was absolutely shocking from a foreign policy standpoint. And just to pat myself on the back, I said this was the thing that I was most concerned about in anticipation was that with the world watching, with the bad actors around the world that just, just are just licking their chops at a weak United States of America – that, that concerned about what he would say. I'm old enough to remember when, oh my gosh, Trump's going to get us into, the, into, into war, right? I mean, he's too unstable to have, have near, near the nuclear codes. And yet here was Joe Biden before the people when asked about Putin says, I, and I think I'm quoting here, if, if not maybe paraphrasing, asked if, if Putin was going to uh, you know, uh, try to seize control and, uh, and take over Ukraine. He said something to the effect of, well, I'm not sure what he'll do. He's got to do something. And, you know, if he does, you know, it'll likely to be just like a small incursion, right? And then the rest of the world will be like, gee, what are we going to do about it? Literally giving a green light to Putin to act. And so here we are tonight. There's an announcement that there's up to 8,500 U.S. troops uh, being amassed, put on alert. We know that NATO has uh, sent ships, jets along the way. They've got troops that they've got ready to go, because look at the position he put NATO in. I'm not a foreign policy or military expert. Joining me tonight to share his wisdom is Lieutenant Steve Rogers, former U.S. Navy officer in the Office of Naval Intelligence. Y'all know I love Navy now that my godson is at the Naval Academy. In his Navy role, he supported the FBI's National Joint Terrorism Task Force in D.C. He also served as a lieutenant in the New Jersey Police Department. Good grief, this guy's resume, right? And he's president of... Campaign for America, which supports basically everything that you love from you know Ronald Reagan through America First policy, and he joins me now. Hi, Lieutenant Rogers. Thank you for being here on the Andrea K. Show.
2: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation.
1: So, wow, your thoughts on this? There's some people speculating that this is wag the dog, that it wasn't just a gaffe on his part because his poll numbers are tanking, uh, the economy is a mess, the borders are wide open. This is the only play he has. What do you, which, how do you see this?
2: Well, I see it as uh, Vietnam all over again. Uh, I was in the military during the Vietnam War. Uh, and at that time, uh, it began with some advice, some advisors, and it ended in 47,000 U.S. Uh, men and women uh, military personnel killed in action. Now, you mentioned, Andrea, before basically that Joe Biden gave the green light when he talked about, well, well it's going to be a small incursion. We'll see what we're going to do. Something happened. A few things happened after that, other than 125,000 troops on the Ukrainian border. What happened is, as you and I are speaking, there are now Russian and Syria fi- uh, Syrian uh, fighter jets flying over to Golan Heights. Uh, now, what, uh, that is actually happening. They've been patrolling. Uh, of course, they're saying they're maneuvers, but now my thought is uh, they're looking at Israel. Uh, secondly, President Xi. Uh, yes, are the day before had 49 uh, Chinese uh, communist uh, fighter uh, jets uh, fly very close to the Taiwanese uh, uh, neutral zone. Uh, But unfortunately for us, it flew right over our fleet and taunted the U.S. Navy. Uh, So so we've got uh, some real serious problems. And and one that I'm worried about, Andrew, is this. Look, I studied uh, the Soviet military. In fact, I worked with naval intelligence before uh, the Soviet Union collapsed. Uh, very smart. And we must keep in mind that Vladimir Putin is the former director of the Soviet KGB. Mm -hmm. This guy is a smart guy. My worry is this. If, in fact, uh, Putin is looking for an all-out war, an all-out war to the United States, my thoughts are our southern border. Has he been sending um, uh, spies into this country, terrorist cells, along with the uh, culpability of the Ayatollah don't forget him and the Ayatollah buddies now, mm-hmm. as well as President Xi in China. And are they here? Are they here? Or if they strike uh, Ukraine and uh, we dare to strike back at Russia, are we going to find ourselves fighting in the streets across this country? Joe Biden has has destroyed our military. This is the result of wokeness and weakness. Mm-hmm. And as our troops are led into classrooms to, to, to learn how to be nice to the enemy, mm-hmm. how to use a, a politically correct language. Vladimir Putin, President Xi, and others around the world who are enemies have been training to fight and destroy the United States of America on the battlefield.
1: Well, and when you add in that our commander in chief, I think there was a news report out that he and his family have benefited to the tune of what, $31 million, I think it was, with their, with their uh, dealings uh, with the Chinese Communist Party. Um, So, you know, he's got a conflict of interest there. He was on the campaign trail in 2020. Biden was talking about, you know, uh, oh those uh, China, they're not bad people. They're not our enemy. They're not our competition, right? Uh, And I'm old enough to remember Joe Biden working with Obama with the, you know, uh, paving the way for Iran to have nukes who teach their children to chant in our schools in the morning, death to America. And their goal, stated goal, is to wipe Israel and the United States off the map, right? Um, I've never felt less safe in my life. And just, and to think that it's deteriorating rated in in just a year, right? Since Trump was in office when we didn't have, um, we had peace through strength, right? And I I interviewed recently uh, the gentleman from uh, the Center for Immigration Studies who has been on this and he's reported that we've uh, we've had multiple uh, Yemeni and other terrorists coming up through the southern border. There's a BOLO. I'll be on the lookout for one right now because the Mexican authorities let this dude loose. So they're coming in individually um, but yeah, we have the I- Islamic terrorists coming across the border at a time in which now we're years out after the FBI and others have removed anything related to Islamic terror from our counterterrorism efforts. So it's like a multi prong russia and china and and iran and i'm scared as an american
2: well there's something else that's been going on that a lot of the american people aren't aware of that is the chinese communist party has infiltrated many of our universities and colleges uh there's something called the confucius institutes Uh, now they're bringing this curriculum down to some high school levels where the chinese communist party uh, are sending uh, uh if you will quote unquote professors to uh, work on exchange programs with our colleges. And what they're doing is actually spying on us. Mm. It's stealing our technology, and, and they're bringing their spies in here to try to steal military um, uh, infrastructure, uh, schematics, etc. The point is this. They've been ready. They've been getting ready for a major war with the United States. And here's my, my, my concern. Uh, if President Xi decides to attack Taiwan, and, uh, you, and the Ukraine uh, Ukraine is attacked by Russia, and the guy told the sites to unleash his fury. Does anyone believe that the United States is going to be able to handle three wars at one time? That's number one. And number two, I've got to tell you, I'm a hawk by nature. I, I'm a Reagan guy. I believe in peace through strength, and you have an enemy, you wipe them off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. But I'm a realist, too. You've got 125,000 uh, well-armed Russian troops on the Ukrainian border, What man or woman in this country today, after living in Vietnam, want to send their children or grandchildren to a war in Ukraine that we cannot win? And once we get there, how do you get out? And secondly, Andrew, I don't know if you know this, but Joe Biden uh, said that uh, last week that in fact, I'll read it to you. Uh, It says that the State Department said this, given that the president says military action by Russia could come at any time, the United States government will not, get this, will not be in a position to evacuate U.S. citizens. Afghanistan all over again. So we're going to leave our citizens there to die. The Russians are not going to be, uh, they're not people who take prisoners of war. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so so, here we're reliving Vietnam, we're reliving Afghanistan, and, and God knows what else we're going to run into. But uh, there is a way out of this, and it's going to be up to the American people.
1: Well... Share with us how, how what the American people can do because you're, you're, I'm thinking twenty Afghanistan twenty years, twenty years, and what did we get? A hundred, however many hundred thousand Afghani's brought here without any vetting process. One of which was was uh, convicted today of raping a three year old. Uh, This this is what we've got, leaving eighty five billion dollars worth of equipment there. I didn't. It wasn't my understanding, Lieutenant Rogers, that we were going to Afghanistan on some part of it. You know, um, immigration plan. Right. To bring one hundred thousand there back here. And that's that's really what 20 years. And that's all we got out of this. So, you know, what can we as Americans do?
2: Well, well, to begin with, uh, a lesson learned from the Vietnam War. Uh, thousands upon thousands of students had marched in the streets. In fact, I remember it got so bad, Kent State University uh, uh, students were shot and killed uh, uh, on that campus. Now, I'm not suggesting that anybody go take to the streets these days, but there is something we could do very effectively. This problem is the result of the Democrat Socialist Communist Party of this country being led by Joe Biden. We have to, as American citizens, Throw every single one of them out of office from school board level mm-hmm. to the White House. Has to be done. We just can't do it nationally. School board level to the White House. Get to the polls, vote, remove them. That's 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 the long term thing because we don't have elections for a while. But we could scare the hell out of them, and we could do it by everyone listening to your broadcast and others pick up the phone if you never did before. Do it now, and let whosoever your elected representative is, Democrat or Republican. Let them know one American sent to any war zone and gets killed. We're going to make sure that they're removed from office. As simple as that. Politicians only know one thing. Votes. They mm-hmm. don't care about. I, I've been around a long time. I know you have. They don't care about anything but getting into office. Power. That's right. Power and money. That's well, right. This time around, let's learn from Vietnam. It was these kids went to the streets after the war started. Well, we can end we can uh, end it before it starts.
1: Absolutely, and I've started encouraging. I'm glad you're talking about local because we oftentimes we don't even have enough turnout. We, we don't have enough people going to the polls every time, and then when they do, it's typically just for the presidential race or Congress. Half the people don't even know who's running for sheriff, right? Who's who's running for the judges? They don't even know who's on the school board as, or uh, county supervisors, right? So I've been encouraging people to start looking local um, and and start building our power back from there. We have in San Diego County over 230 uh, seats, Lieutenant Rogers, that where Democrats are running unopposed with no Republican running for office. Yeah. And I'm proud well, that I've got a sure. few friends that have decided to run for office, but we all need to do our part. You're doing your part with your organization. We Americans have to, the rest of us, we have to do our part.
2: Well, you know what? We do a campaign for America. Uh, we, we actually have a, a plan set up for anybody who wants to run for office and anywhere in this country. Everything's for free, we don't ask for donations. Uh, they could just email us. We'll send them the plan. We'll work to help them get elected uh, with the invention of Zoom and all that. We even have meetings at their homes to, to give them the tools they need to run for office locally, all the way up to nationally. I was elected to the school board here and where I live. You're right. Maybe two or three people show up at a meeting. I was reelected. I was elected to the city council twice. I walked away because I believe the term limits. And again, only a few people showed up. Now they got to show up because now it is a matter of life and death for our country. And as you said so well, it's time to step up. It's time to stop shouting at the TV set. Mm-hmm. Forget the past. Forget what's happened in the past. We could chart the future. And, and, and I believe, like Reagan said, you know what? There's, there is mourning in America. It's going to come back. But if we allow it to come back. And finally, I'd say, I believe in the power of prayer. I know there's a God above who's going to bless this nation. But we need to put our faith to work. In order to get the good Lord to go to work for us,
1: Lieutenant Rogers, I got to leave it there. It was so beautifully said, and thank you for thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for your organization. Thank you for your service to our country, and you're continuing to fight for our freedom freedoms. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Good night, now.
1: Good night. All right. Now, y'all don't say goodnight because y'all come on back. We got a break. But then on the other side, we got to play for you guys a a little soundbite that happened today. Something's trending. Biden had another gaffe. Or was it a gaffe or was it intentional? Stay tuned.
0: Bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K. Show. Connect with the show at ourfreenation.org. Andrea K Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Quickly, did you, I I didn't report on this story because to me, hearing that, you know, there was a truck transporting 100 lab test monkeys that got into a crash, you know, really, you know, how much time was I going to devote to that story? Then I heard they were on their way to the some CDC facility, which is creepy and disgusting. Then I'm finding out because we know what what Fauci did to dogs, right? To beagles. Oh, yeah. Right. So now I hear that there's a one lab monkeys on the run. (laughs) Run, monkeys, hey, run. run. Run! forest! Run for your life, man. Fauci might be coming after you. <laughs> who remembers that show, Wild Kingdom?
3: I do. Right? I do. I hope those monkeys make it far.
1: I know, man. Run, little monkey, run. Save yourself. Well, now there's some woman who thought they were cats. cats.
3: So. <laughs> monkeys? Cat. No!
1: So she thought... They were cats. She's quote somehow come in contact with one of them. So now they're telling her, you know that you know she's got to wait and see that you know the you know they carry disease or something. And so uh, she was warned that she needed to stop helping animals (laughs) in the wild. I don't know how she thought they were a cat. So she's like, now I have anxiety. So I just know I'm going to be like a nervous wreck for the next 31 days. Well, explain the contact. What kind of contact? Yeah, with these wild monkeys thinking they were cats. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't understand
3: how close were and, they where you're like, What a big kitty!
1: <laughs> I mean, I've seen some t- TikTok videos. There's some cats that need to be put on like a oh, diet, for sure, but there's that. I don't know how. And this a particular type of monkey, the maracaboos or whatever they are. It's a particular type of a monkey. Um. Maca, Macaques, Macaques or whatever. Anyway, um, thanks for the laugh. All right. I guess I got a report on this Biden story because to think that I've got, you know, but President Trump was elected um, even though he spoke coarsely because the way Trump spoke at times kind of reflected people were tired of the slick talking politician like Obama who promised the world and delivered New Jersey. But President Trump was never mean to reporters right and so what joe biden did today he he, what joe biden did did, play the clip
0: Life's going to make a difference so anyway brian the floor is yours the only reason i don't like doing this is you never report on why i've called a meeting And this is really important. I had a very, very, very good meeting, total unanimity with all the European leaders. We'll talk about it later. Thank you. Thank you. That's a great asset. More inflation.
1: What a stupid a- I don't know that played well in radio, if you could really hear, but, but um, Peter Ducey from Fox asked him, about, you know, you want to make a comment, how does the inflation, something about, you know, asking him a question about inflation and whether or not it's going to hurt him politically. I mean, he actually asked it nicely compared to the way Trump would have been asked about it, right? And so Biden responds by calling him an SOB, right? A lot of people were like, oh, it was a hot mic moment. This was not a hot mic moment. He knew everybody was going to hear this. And it just shows the extent of what a weak little tiny man that he is. He didn't have the courage to take a question from Ducey and deal with him directly, right? This is the kind of creep we have when we've got uh, a war on the on the border of Ukraine. Yeah, there's your demented in chief. Hey, thanks for being here tonight. Thanks to my guests, Dr. Hyder and Lieutenant Rogers. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Peace out. <laughs>